Welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. This is episode number 35. What makes a good swim coach? My name is Jeff. I will be your host for today. Let's get started. This conversation comes to you about uh, coaching and what our expectations are and what makes a good coach. We're going to start and we're going to get talking about it right now. Today I was at a swim meet with one of the assistant coaches that I work with on the swim team. And we were talking about her work and what she does for a living. And it's in the corporate world. She works for a large company. And she has a degree in business and in marketing. And she coaches on science so after work. And I was asking her, you know, those are not very connected jobs. Those those roles are kind of different. <clears throat> so how do you get into swimming and why did you get into swimming and what was your focus here? And this brings me to uh, the point that I'd like to ask everybody is if you would like to hear me interview other coaches or swim instructors and get their take on swim lessons and the benefits that they see as doing things differently, I want to know that from you because I would like to expand this podcast into more than just me talking about swim lessons and what we do in our program. And what I find uh, through my journey of being a better swim instructor and swim coach and sharing it with you. So I, I think this story was really, really good to talk to with her because it gave me an insight into coaching and, and kind of a direction of a conversation that, you know, frankly, we don't have very often. And that's something that you need to be doing if you are trying to be better at what you do, right? So in anything that you do, whether it's becoming a better swim instructor, which I'm all about, or becoming a better swim coach, which personally I try to focus a lot on, and maybe you know, you're involved in that as well. So we're talking about you know, her job history and her education, and, <clears throat> and we eventually get talking to uh, about what makes you a good swim coach and what are the things that, you know, in her past that she's experienced that really stood out as a swim coach, uh, good qualities. And her history is such that, and I got to bring her on the show because it, this is such a wonderful conversation that I think that anyone would benefit from it if they have any swimming experience at all. Uh, and if you just want to be a better person to people around you, then the things that she had to say were really spot on, <clears throat> and which is why I'm doing this podcast now. I had something else planned, uh, but this seemed a bit more interesting and entertaining in a way that speaks to pretty much everybody. So one of the comments that she said uh, and, uh, about her life and her experience was that she grew up on an age group swimming program, and it was a really high level. She was a really good swimmer. Uh, she swam in college briefly. She was going, she swam all through high school. She swam on a club team, but it was her club team, her USA swimming club team, that the coach on that team had the most impact on her as a person 
than anyone else in her life with the exception of her parents and family, right? So when you're a child, the most influential people are typically the people that uh, are your parents, right? They're the ones you see every day, the people you listen to, and, and the impact of, a, of parents is, is really unquestionable. It's, it's if they're around, right? So if you're living with your parents and they interact in your life in some way, <clears throat> they kind of guide your development in childhood. And outside of that family arena, she said, my swim coach, and not just her, her youngest swim coach, but her high school swim coach, her club swim coach that she had throughout the majority of high school, is the person that stands out in her mind as the most influential. And so I pressed her on that. And I said, you know, why? What, what did he do that was so different than or so impactful? And, you know, how did that translate you into wanting to work with swimmers, you know, as yourself? Because your degree is not, doesn't have anything to do with swimming. And her success in the business world is so high that swimming doesn't, it doesn't make sense to have both, right? Because they're, you know, business and marketing, you know, I can go into a whole bunch of things about how to do that for a swim coach that owns a swim team. But we're talking, she's not interested in that. She's just interested in being a mentor to the swimmers. And again, I got to get her on the show because I think it would really be, or this podcast, because I think it would be really beneficial for everyone here. And I'm not doing her the entire amount of justice that needs to be done on this topic for her, but it's still worth listening to here. Um, and, and I think there's value in this. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be sharing it with you. And... She said that her, her swim coach was the type of person that expected effort and excellence. And he didn't yell at people, or she doesn't have any specific memory of him yelling at them. And, she does, and, and he uh, did a lot of yardage. The training was a little different than it is nowadays. You know, it was a lot, she said it wouldn't be abnormal to do three 1,000 swims uh, and then do another 1,000 for time. And then when she said, when I did the 200 fly, I was so ready for it and so prepared that the experience of doing the 200 fly was not even an issue. It was, well, how well did I swim? You know, did I do my streamlines, my flip turns? You know, those were expectations that were held to a high level. And my question was, well, how did he do that? You know, what were the things that he did that we can apply to our own program? You know, so we can have that culture of hard work and excellence and that conversation kind of expanded into the uh, idea of a fixed mindset and a change mindset and keep in mind that this kind con- this the conversation was on a pool deck in the span of about 20 minutes and we're talking about uh, you know work and life balance and then coaching and how we can take you know what did coaching do for this person or what did swimming do for this person? And what life lessons did she learn as a result of swimming? And how she's translating those into her job at work uh, and what she does. She recruits for a large company. She's a recruiter, so she does a lot of in, um, interviews and training and, and see, seeking out good talent. And how it's easy to see people who uh, have gone through the steps that they need to do to be successful. And how swimming gives the skills and the the mental acumen, if you will, to do those things later on in life. And she 
then went on, you know, how that could translates into what she wants to do as a coach. Uh, so to begin with, like to kind of nail this down, distill it into something that's useful for us. You know, what makes a good swim coach? And you can go on and on and on about this, but uh, for the purposes of this conversation, we focused on instilling and teaching your swimmers to have a change mindset or to have the resilience of, 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 of thinking that they're going to fail. It's going to happen. You know, swimmers at the elite level, and by elite level, I mean they're going fast and maybe competing on a state or national arena. That is the unlikelihood, right? That's, that's likely not going to happen. As a competitive swimmer, you're going to be disappointed by your swims, right? So you're not going to make a cut. You're not going to get a best time. You're not going to go to regionals. You're not going to go to state. You know, someone's going to beat you in a race. It, it's likely it's going to happen, right? So how can we take that life lesson of failure? Because it's not necessarily failure, but in the eyes of the swimmer and possibly the swim coach, it may be. How can we turn that into a positive experience because with swimming you can go back and you can say well you didn't go to practice you know you didn't spend enough time in the water because it's a different environment you need to be participating and doing in the water and when you were in the water at practice you weren't doing your streamlines so when you went to the swim meet and you tried to beat the person that does their streamlines every day they edged you out by four seconds because every time they got to a wall in the 200 freestyle they did a streamline and you didn't and that adds up. You know, so there are all these different small things that kind of add up to that are very, really practicable and trainable and doable. You know, you can become a good swim swimmer by showing up, having a combination of talent, you know, a willingness to uh, alter and change your body in a specific fashion and way, and then work really hard, and then think about while you're swimming, and I talked about this in the last episode here, of bringing meditation techniques into swimming in episode 34, I talked about how if you are constantly evaluating your swimming as you do it <clears throat> and readjusting and adjusting your, your body position and behavior, then you're going to be a better swimmer. So if you have this change mindset, this willingness to fail, try again, fail, try again, and keep doing then you're going to be a better swimmer. So when you fail at getting a best time or you fail at going to regionals or state or you don't get the meet championship or you don't win your heat, you know, how are you going to react to that? Are you going to shut down and just blame the other person for being faster than you? Or are you going to look at yourself and look at your situa situation and say, well, here's what I did in the last three weeks and that is why I'm not succeeding right now. You know, there's a really... Um, clear connection between your behavior in the past and where you are today and and that kind of is long reaching and, and all over the place but you can see that th there's this mindset requirement for swimming and our theory in this conversation that i had with this other coach was that swimming kind of encourages a change mindset a mindset in which you know that you can't be rigidly focused and blame other people for your failures. That you know that the things that you do have a direct result on your future wellness and behavior. Uh, so 
when you work hard, you will fail. There is a likelihood that you're not going to succeed. And how you respond to that failure is what's really important. And swimming, in our theory here, and a good coach, a good coach trains the response to that failure. So a good swim coach understands that there's going to be a performance failure. There's going to be a uh, missed mark. There's going to be a non-success in terms of like swimming success, like getting the best time or making this one cut. And a good coach trains the swimmer to both handle that failure, react to it in a positive way, and change what they've done in the past to accomplish that goal the next time they get to it. Right? So a good coach teaches the change mindset, creates an environment in which that's the expectation, and then fosters the swimmers on a personal, mental level to handle that failure that they're going to get. So what, are, what do they do? How do they get to that point? Yeah, and that was my question. Like, well, what did your, you know, you obviously had this, based on your experience, I'm talking to the coach here, she had this wonderful experience on how to, how to foster and build that, that, that type of change mindset. It's manifesting now and, and expressing itself in her work environment where she looks at MBAs or she looks at top graduate, uh, business school graduates and says, well, yeah, you, you went to Kellogg School of Business, but you don't have any experience. You haven't done anything. How, how can you be a director of this program if you have no work experience? You know, you've never been outside of the country. We're, you know, we work in a global world. You haven't done anything to demonstrate that you can be qualified for this position. And it's just like swimming. You know, you expect to go to state and win your event, but you haven't been to practice four times a week in the last five weeks. You've only come twice a week. You know, you don't do your streamlines when you push off the wall because you're sloppy and lazy. And of course, that's not what we're going to say to the kids, but <clears throat> how do you expect to win your event in regionals? You know, it's not a reasonable expectation to have if you're not putting in the work and the effort to get to that point. Uh, so when we continued talking, it became clear that you, as a swimmer, have to experience this failure and then prepare yourself for it with realistic expectations of your behavior and what you've done in the past. And the coach's role is to foster the sense of you've been working hard, you've earned this type, this, this uh, success that you've gotten, and through your hard work and effort, you've achieved what you set out to achieve. And if you fail, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that we need to look at what you're doing to reach that success and ensure that those actions are enhanced and the ones that take away from your success or, or keep you from achieving success are minimized. And unfortunately, I think that most of the coaches that exist in USA Swimming focus on technique, compliance. Uh, I want to call it respect, but that's not really what I mean because I think respect is earned. And that's something that we talked about as well is, is 
is there a place for yelling at children or yelling at swimmers in order to get a response? Or is there a place for, you know, to be feared? Do you want to be feared as a swim coach? And I would say no. There's there's not a place to be feared as a swim coach. Um, and instead, you should be earning your respect through constant demonstrations of uh, both that you respect the swimmer, that your intention is their best results, um, and specifically focused on their effort and not just their time performance. Creating a personal connection that inspires your swimmers and a connection that allows them to feel safe to say, uh, to speak up when they don't understand or to ask questions, you know, that's that kind of makes a good swim coach is, you know, your focus should be on Yes, the, the swimming technique and professionalism and success uh, with good swim times, you know, constant improvement with an emphasis on how you're going to go about doing that is to encourage and support and provide an opportunity or a culture of excellence and performance with uh, hard work and response to failure in a positive way. All right, so connecting on that personal level and really teaching that hard work doesn't always equal to performance success you know it's a when we look at at our swim team as a whole i would say the majority of them are not going to go on to have a swimming career in their lives the majority of them are going to swim in high school they, they might swim in college you know our goal is to get as many of them to college as possible and then they might hopefully swim throughout the rest of their life on an aerobic or um, amateur level. But ma majority of them are not going to be going to the Olympics. You know, they're not going to be swimming for a living, you know, to make money. And uh, they're, they're, you know, they're going to be left with this experience and the things that we've taught them. Because potentially we're going to be one of the most influential people in their lives you know aside from their families and and that's a huge responsibility on our on the swim coach because uh, they have such a powerful impact on the people that are with them every day for three to five years uh, depending on how the groups are set up so you know the coach really needs to be putting effort beyond just swimming technique and ability and really focusing as well on fostering this environment and culture of the change mindset, which is when I encounter something that doesn't fit into my worldview, whether that's a failure in performance or you know not getting a best time, not winning a state meet, not doing something, or if that is uh, not, not doing something specific and getting a certain state uh, like time, you know, how are you going to respond to that failure? How are you going to respond to... Uh, that not doing well and what we talked about but me and this and the coach was how uh, having that change mindset allows you to perform well beyond swimming and beyond the pool and that good coaches will encourage that type of mindset that oh i didn't finish and she used a specific example there's this kid i'll call him oh and oh is really hard on himself. Uh, he's eight years old. He's just started swimming. Actually, I think he's 
seven years old. He just started swimming when he forgets to do a streamline, which he does often. He gets very upset with himself and he says, oh, I'm so stupid. So when we work together, me and this assistant coach, we really spend a lot of effort and time working with him on saying, you know, that's not the appropriate response. What is is, well, next time I'm going to attempt to do this instead. And those are very specific language words that we're using. We're saying, you know, we acknowledge that you didn't succeed at this and that's okay. Our focus is the next time you attempt it, an attempt is a, a, a specific word we choose on purpose. We don't want to say the word try because it implies failure, right? So when you try something, the implication is, is that you'll, you'll try it out, but you're not going to continue doing it, right? You can try food because you can put it in your mouth, but you don't have the requirement to put a, another bite in. Right, So attempt is you're going to do it, or at least you're going to move in the direction of doing it. And the implication is, is that you'll continue to do it once you've done it. So we use attempt very specifically without using the word try. So the next opportunity you have, attempt to do it this way, and that'll improve your overall swim. And with him, we have to really be specific with this because otherwise he's going to go the opposite route and say, oh, no, I'm so stupid. When instead we want him to say, you know, oh, I've, I messed up. I need to adjust my behavior so next time I can improve. So we want to replace those uh, mistakes with good habits. And, and I think that is what a good swim coach does, right? So they acknowledge the failure or the failure to achieve the specific goal. They give an opportunity to do it again with a tool or a, a, a handicap so they can do it better instead of worse. Right? We want to constantly be proving in incremental short steps. And we can give a small specific skill or, or thing adjustment to get them cl a one step closer to doing it well. So if someone didn't streamline, I would hit up one of the three things that they don't do to streamline. So do they squeeze their ears, do they lock their thumb, or do they look down? And for the most part, that's one of those three things. And if they didn't, or if there were multiples, I would focus on one and look for that the next time. And once they've achieved that, praise the success, and then add on, now also, squeeze your thumb, or squeeze your ears. You know, you locked your thumbs, but next time also squeeze your ears and then follow up with that. So we need to balance here our focus on effort and success. So are you getting awards? Are you getting best times? And if we do that, if we foster this change mindset, we will be better coaches and we'll be better swim coaches and we'll be those ones that stand out positively for our swimmers in the future. Well, I want to know what you thought about this. This was an unstructured, uh, impromptu episode where we talked strictly about a conversation that I had about someone else, which I know is not ideal. Uh, but I really think that it's valuable because it hits, it, it, it's beyond just me. Um, and if, if you are interested in the conversation with coaches or swim instructors or aquatic instructors in the future, send me an email. I want to know what you think about uh, 
changing the format of this podcast a little bit. You know, I, I have, there's a lot of stuff going around about swimming that I think is important. And while this has a swim lesson focus, I think that teaching swimming is a little bit better, broader subject here. And if you're interested in that, send me an email. Let me know what you think about having interviews or conversations with people about swimming. And not just performance and uh, competition, because I think that there's a place for that if you want to see that. You can go to USA Swimming. You can go to other podcasts that exist. Um, but as when it comes to teaching swimming or coaching swimming, you know, and there there isn't another place that you can see that. So if that's something you're interested in, or if there's any interest in that, send me an email, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com, or you can connect with me on Twitter, at swimmingideas. I'd love to hear from you. you know, do you want to hear conversations or interviews about swim lesson programs, what other teachers and aquatic directors do in their program, and swim coaches and what they do and what their philosophy of coaching is to become a better coach? My name is Jeff. I have been your host for today. And I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to the Swimming Lesson Day do this so that you can get the benefit of my experience uh, teaching and coaching and If you have any topics that you'd like to hit on, let me know. Jason at swimmingwithmelvies.com or better at swimmingwithmelvies. Thank you very much. Take care.